What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Caitlin Ballmer on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Caitlin, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you like with your story. So thank you for, first off, having me. Um, I wanted to start off by just saying how much this podcast had actually helped me um, in my grieving process, because when you're going through something like this, Some people will say, well, it just wasn't meant to happen. You're so young, it'll happen. Um, It just wasn't meant to be. It's common. And those things didn't really help me. And it kind of made me go into more of a dark spot. So when I found this podcast, it made me feel like I wasn't alone and that everything was going to be okay. So I just wanted to give a special shout out to that. Um, A little backstory about me and my husband. We've actually been together now six years and we're actually going on our second year of marriage come this September so that's pretty exciting at first prior to even meeting my husband I never was that person that was like I really want to have kids I really want to be married but then when I met him it kind of just changed you know I wanted those things because I could see that future with him So we got married uh, in 2018 and I was going through grad school and working. So we didn't really feel like having kids at that time was pretty appropriate because I was doing an internship. I was basically working almost 16 hours a day. So it just wasn't, the logistics wasn't there. So last year we decided, okay, this is the time I'm going to be graduating. Let's get my birth control out because I read that it could take a little bit of time for you to actually kind of recuperate from that since I've had it for so long. And I was like, okay, let's just do this. Well, we started trying immediately after getting my birth control out because they said, well, once you get it out, your um, chances are kind of higher. So I'm like, okay, well, let's just give this a whirl. Well, our first time trying, I obviously, I got the the negative pregnancy test and I was completely devastated. I didn't understand what was wrong with me. And looking back now at that, I'm like, what is wrong with you? It was one time that you tried, you know, people can go years and it doesn't happen. So I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and it went even more crazy because I, looking back, I call myself this crazy person in that time because I started doing all these different things. You know, my mindset was like, you're never going to get pregnant. You have to do all these crazy things that you see on the internet. So I was doing all those ovulation tests. I was eating those fertility candies, which were delicious. Um, I was drinking that fertility tea, which I found disgusting. I was doing the cough syrup. I found this fertility diet that you could do. And I was even making my husband do the fertility diet as well and making him take a vitamin all because I had this conception of like, oh, I'm never going to, it's never going to happen to me. So after the next time trying, um, I waited a couple of days 
that you have to wait in order to take a test and it came back negative. And again, I was devastated because I just wanted it to happen so badly. And I was just putting even more pressure on myself. Well, it, it got weird because since my husband works in the daytime and I work actually at night, um, I was by myself. And I remember just sitting on the couch um, after a couple of days after I had that negative test and I was just sitting by myself and I had this weird feeling. I'm like, I just had this feeling that you just need to take a test. You just do. So I remember I went downstairs, I took the test and it came back positive. And I just thought to myself, I'm like, this can't be right. I mean, I just had a negative test. How did it all of a sudden become positive? So I called my husband at work and I'm like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And he's, basically confirmed he's like yeah it's 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 positive and i'm like this still can't be right so i got up real quick i went to the grocery store i bought a slew of tests i took those and they all came back positive and then i figured to myself i'm like well those tests have to be faulty too you know there's no way so right before work i went to the grocery store right next to my work and bought more tests and those came back positive so i'm like okay well I guess maybe this could be it. Maybe I am pregnant. So I went to make the doctor's appointment and everything, and they confirmed that I was pregnant. And then she had directed me to go get the ultrasound to make sure it was viable. One thing that didn't happen, though, and this was my first time around, but looking back at it, I never had any blood work done. I never had an HCG level done. I never had anything. Um, so that was actually when I was writing my story, I noticed that I'm like, wait a second. I actually didn't have any of that done. So moving on, I went to the ultrasound and since my husband works a different shift than me, I actually decided to go by myself. Um, not many friends work the same shift as me. So I was kind of just I'm like, whatever, I'll just go by myself. It'll be fine. So when they were doing the ultrasound, they were able to see the gestational sac. Um, and I didn't know if this was normal or not because I've never seen an ultrasound before. And I remember since I work at a hospital, I, I actually called one of my friends who is a nurse and I'm like, is this normal? Like, is that all that you're supposed to see is this, is this sack? And she had told me, she's like, well, you know, it just could be a little bit early, you know, um, give it some time, wait for the doctor to call you. And she was really good at just grounding me. She was kind of my go-to person, like if I ever had a question. So a couple weeks, not a couple weeks, I apologize. A week later, uh, my doctor actually called me and she had also said the same thing. She's like, well, it just could be a little bit early, you know, let's just give it some time and then you can go get a second ultrasound and we'll see, we'll see what's going on. Well, Christmas was coming around and me and my husband were, you know, super excited. We, we never told anyone um, outside of my friend who's a nurse um, just so that I could get some advice. And we decided, well, let's just go to dinner before Christmas, you know, and just kind of like celebrate just me and you. Well, during the dinner time, we were, you know, obviously planning 
ways that we could tell my parents because, well, it's Christmas time. And, you know, that just seems like the perfect time to be like, here's this present that I'm giving to you. So we started looking at Pinterest, trying to find different ideas um, because our second ultrasound was actually scheduled for the day after Christmas. So we go to my parents' house on Christmas and we give my mom this like gag gift, you know, nothing pregnancy related or anything like that. And ultimately we decided just to kind of hold off on actually telling my parents because we wanted to make sure that the second ultrasound was okay, you know? Um, that would be devastating in itself to be like, oh, here's this gift. Oh, just kidding. The next day we found out it, we had to terminate. So after we give my mom her gift, she actually looked me in the eyes and her eyes were just swelling up with tears. I'm like, what is going on? And she had been like, well, I thought that you were going to tell me that you were pregnant. You know, I was expecting this gift. And I'm like, oh, she know this. You know, like, how did she know that I'm even pregnant? But I didn't say anything. I didn't tell her. I'm like, oh, I just played it off. I'm like, oh, well, maybe there's always next year. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell her right then and there. So for the second ultrasound, we, I actually decided to have my husband come with me because I felt like having two eyes was better than one, just so that, you know, when I got home, I could be like, did you see that? Oh, no. Did you see that? and he could kind of help just even calm my anxiety. So when we went to the second one, um, you could definitely see more on the screen, which I was, I was thrilled. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such great news. Like you could see the yolk sack and everything, like there was more, uh, but it was kind of odd because the tech wasn't saying much. It was just like a blank face. And I wasn't sure, I'm like, am I allowed to even ask like what's going on and what they see? But I'm like, oh, I'll just wait. So we were, me and my husband were overjoyed. We were thrilled that we could actually see something. Um, so we thought everything was fine. So we went on our business and I just, this is the part that, that gets hard for me and telling it, it just makes me choked up because I never want anyone to go through something like this. Well, since I, I work at a hospital, um, it, it was a week that went by uh, until my doctor actually called me and gave me the bad news. And during that whole week, you know, you always think that no news is good news. And I'm getting more and more excited. You know, my mom's birthday's around the corner. Like, oh, I could do something like that for her, you know? And my doctor calls me and tells me that it's not viable and that there's no heartbeat. But during the conversation that she had with me, my doctor showed no empathy. She basically said, the baby's not there. These are your options. What do you want to do? And I remember I just told her, I said, I can't talk to you right now. And I hung up on her because first off, it took you a week to call me and I'm at work right now where these people that I'm surrounded by don't even know what's going on. And here I am just breaking down and I just couldn't, I just couldn't deal with it. So thankfully I have probably the best coworkers ever that 
I just let them know what was going on and they told me just to go home. So it took me some time to actually get in the car, but once I did, I remember, I can remember all the emotions I went through and I got home and I was by myself with my dogs and I had to call my husband because I just needed someone to talk to that actually knew what was going on. And during that time, I was kind of teetering on the idea, should I call him? Because he's at work. Like, I don't want him to worry. But ultimately, I made the decision. And uh, I just told him what was going on. And he was, you could tell that he shut down because he was so excited as well. So after our conversation, I just remember just wanting my mother so bad. Yeah, I'm going to be almost 30, but I just needed my mom, you know, I just needed that comfort. So I had texted her because there's no way I could have called her since she didn't know what was going on and I didn't want her to worry. And I just said, I need you to come over after you're done with work. So she came over and it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done is say that, hey, mom, I'm pregnant. And in the same sentence, say that I have to terminate it. That was probably the most challenging thing. And you could just see the devastation in her eyes. So after some time, you know, like it was hard to even go to work because here I am. I'm a social worker and I'm teaching these my patients like how to cope with grief and anxiety and depression and here I am struggling myself and I felt like such a hypocrite teaching these people like oh this is what you need to do this is how you can feel better when every night during that time span I would come home and I would just walk through my door and collapse on the floor and just cry because I didn't even know what to do. So that was one of the biggest struggles as well. My husband would always come by and he would say, what's going on? Like, are you okay? And I didn't want to put that worry on him. So I would just shrug it off and say, oh, I'm, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. It was just it was just a hard day at work when realistically it wasn't. I was in this big, dark cloud, but I wasn't giving up. I decided with my husband, I'm like, you know what? This, I don't feel comfortable with this doctor. You know, what if we get a second opinion? You know, what if it's too early again? And maybe just the heartbeat is there now. It wasn't there then, you know, I just didn't want to give up hope. So I started researching for another doctor and I found this nurse practitioner and I'm like, okay, she seems great. Like her reviews are amazing. Well, it turns out I couldn't actually see her because you needed to see an actual doctor to get your second opinion. Well, the only doctor that they had available right away, <laughs> I looked at her reviews and they were horrible. So I was freaking out inside. I'm like, great, I'm reading your reviews. You have horrible bedside manners. And I'm like, this is going to be another instance where I'm not heard and I'm just not even cared for. 
but I'm like, you know what? I just have to go and see what she says. So my husband came with me again. And cause I learned my lesson, just, I'm never going alone again. Cause I, I just couldn't. And I have to say this doctor was amazing. You know, despite her bad reviews, she was the first person in that profession that actually showed me the care and the empathy and the compassion. She did an ultrasound right on the spot in her office to show me that, that it just wasn't there anymore and that there was nothing that they could do. And she not only did that, but she did all the blood work and the way that she explained what happened and continuously told me that it wasn't my fault. That's, that helped so much. And so she gave me my options and she told me like, these are, this is what you can do. Well, because I'm, I'm in grad school, you know, me and my husband are fixing up a house. Like I'm freaking out because I'm like, I don't have money for this. You know, I don't have money to get surgery, the DNC. So I'm like, you know, whatever, I'm just going to do the medicine. I'll take a couple of days off of work. It'll be fine. You know? And the doc told me about um, the medicine and how when she calls it in, the pharmacist has a right to decline it because they know what the cocktail's for. Well, that freaked me out because my brother actually works at the pharmacy that I go to and the pharmacist is a friend of my family. So I'm like, oh, great. How embarrassing will that be going to the pharmacy and being declined this, you know? It's not like I'm choosing to give up my baby. It's, I can't have it. But the pharmacist knew what was going on. You could tell in her face and she wished me well. So taking those pills was probably, if I had to rate the most uncomfortable thing in my life, that was it. Having to get up as you're already emotionally tired and having to get up every few hours to take the medicine was challenging. And then even like reading the paperwork about how it's for an abortion, it was triggering because you put in your mind then, oh, that's probably what people think I'm doing right now when it's not. And with the medicine, I had bad reactions to where I was even getting like the ulcers in my mouth and everything. And I, I, I remember my husband was like, are you going to take like the pain medicine? Because like, it was so painful. It was so painful. And I refused. I refused to take any of the pain medicine, which I don't regret at all. So I know other people have probably struggled with the medicine too. And I can't even imagine what other people have gone through as well with that. So a little bit later after that, I noticed that I wasn't getting my period after taking the medicine and everything passing by. So I took the pregnancy test and it came back positive again. 
So I called the doctor and I'm like, what is going on? Like I took the medicine. It seems successful. Why am I still showing pregnant? Like I just don't get it. And I was just getting, you know, more and more defeated as time goes by because now we're going into almost February and this has been going on since December. And I'm like, what is going on? So she's like, well, you know, just let's go get another blood test. Let's see what your levels are. And they came back extremely high still. And I'm like, what is, what? I don't get it. I just don't understand. So she had me go for another ultrasound because she figured that, well, maybe not everything's out of you, you know, maybe something got left behind because that's, that can happen when you take that medicine. So I was like, okay. So I go for another ultrasound and she realizes that not everything is gone. And it turned out that I actually then had a blood clot, which petrified me to all get up because I'm like, you hear all these stories about blood clots and people passing away from them. I'm like, oh crap, like, is this going to happen to me? Great. Another doctor's bill. So she gave me my options again and she's like, well, you can take the medicine again. And I freaked out because I just, I couldn't do it. I could not do it again. You know, I, I, there was just no, there was just no way I couldn't. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let it be. We'll figure it out. And she's like, well, then you're going to have to monitor for an infection because you're at a high probability of it happening. And I'm like, I don't care. I really don't care. So I'm like, whatever. So she had me continuously going for weekly blood draws, which was embarrassing in itself because the lady that did my first blood draw with the HCG, she was like, oh my God, congratulations. I'm so excited for you. And now I'm going weekly blood draws because I'm losing it. And this lady is someone that I work with. So I, it was just embarrassing in itself. Um, and I think she knew what was going on. So she was just trying to keep my spirits up. Well, the HCG was just not getting out of my system. You know, now we're going into March and it's still up there and I feeling even more defeated. Well, I called my doctor and she just happened to be out of town that week. And I'm like, I, ju I just need to know what to do. You know, I just need to know what to do. So the doctor actually covering her called me and she's like, okay, well, you have two options now. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm tired of hearing options. I'm just tired of it. She's like, well, you can either do surgery, you can do a DNC. I'm like, come on, I'm just tired of hearing about this. Or you can get injections of methotrexate. I'm like, what the hell is methotrexate? So I'm like, whatever, I'm just gonna do the injections, get it over with and call it a day. So she called the injections in at the, at the, at a different hospital. And I, I have to say, I really don't understand why if someone is getting this medicine, why on earth are they put on an OB unit? I just will never ever understand something like that. And you're hearing the nursery, um, cause at the hospital when a baby's born, you know, they have the music that's played overhead 
and here I am sitting in a hospital bed waiting for injections and I'm hearing all this nursery music and I'm thinking to myself what the fuck is going on like why would someone do this when you could just do it on an outpatient basis it's not like I need to be monitored afterwards so that just infuriated me and it just get got worse when the nurses were checking me in for this medicine this nurse had the audacity to she, she knows why I was there she asked me she's like well why do you need this medicine and I just wanted to shake her I'm like why the frick do you think I'm getting a cancer medicine and I'm on an OB unit I'm just getting it for funsies you know nothing else I'd rather do on my day off so that just I I was over it and it took them seven hours to actually get the medicine to um, give it to me. And then the kicker is she actually broke the needle. Thankfully, she didn't break the actual needle in me. But it was just like one thing after another that day. It's like, okay, you knew that I was coming and you know why I need this medicine. So I was just, again, here we go. I'm more, even more defeated. So finally, the, my ACG started going down, going down, going down. And my husband, he's like, don't, don't tell them. I don't, I don't want them to think that like I'm a bad person or anything. But as I was getting closer to being finally done with this, uh, he was like, wouldn't it be funny if your level was like one point off and you had to go for another one. And I'm like, don't even say that. I'm so tired of having needles in me. Don't say that. But in, in the inside, I'm like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like, what if that did happen? Well, for my last one, it actually did happen that way. And I was one point off from being deemed not pregnant. And I'm like, I had to call him. I'm like, you little turd. I'm like, that's not even funny. But I'm, in the inside, I did think it was funny. But so that my whole story actually circled for six months. And currently, I'm actually still, still trying to get back to the quote unquote normal. And every, every day is still a struggle and I still struggle with you know talking about it but prior to actually coming on to this podcast today I had so much anxiety with telling my story that I told my husband I'm like I have to cancel I can't do it and he pushed me he said you have to do it if you can help one person, that's what you have to do. So that's where I'm at today. You know, every day is a struggle, but I have to have faith that it will happen and that it will be okay. Well, I am so proud of you for coming on today. And I'm so proud of your husband for pushing you. I feel like a lot of husbands wouldn't do that. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I'm just happy that he did that for the sake of everybody listening, because this truly is going to help more than one person. Um, 
now I always ask at the end of every episode, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Honestly, I think it would be to not beat yourself up because, because that's, that's typically what you do. Even those doctors can tell you like, oh, it's not your fault. Well, internally, you're going to feel that way. You're going to feel like it's your fault. Like, is it something that I did? Is it something that I could have done? And it, you did everything that you could, you know, it, it, it's not your fault. And I think the second piece of would be just to lean on your support, you know, yeah, they might not know what you're going through, but even just being next to them, like my husband didn't know emotionally fully what I was going through, but even just being close to him, you know, it just makes you feel like you're secure, you know, it's one of the hardest things that you can, you can go through no matter what or how far along you were, you know, you could be four weeks, but once you see those two lines, you start identifying as I'm a mom. So Mm -hmm. that's done. And if somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? So you could reach out to me. I have Instagram, I have Facebook, and I'm more than willing to have anyone contact me um, because, I mean, this podcast truly is amazing. You know, it definitely helped me on those long drives home when I was by myself and, and you just needed something. So if I could help someone, I would be ecstatic. Awesome. Yeah. You guys reach out. That's what this podcast is all about is just building connections and community. And um, that's why we all share, right? It's just, we, I feel like a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't want to bother anybody. It's like, no, we come on here so that we can connect with you. So come on, reach out. Um, what is your Instagram handle? Um, that is a great question. I actually, uh, not too long ago, deleted. Oh, there you are. I, I see you. <laughs> I think yes I see you <laughs> I'll link it okay perfect. Um, yeah because I was like I don't think you gave it to me but I I know we're friends on Instagram so it's like I know I can find it okay so I'll go ahead and I'll link it in the description of this episode thank you so much for jumping on and doing this I really appreciate it no thank you I I just kind of like what you said earlier I feel like a weight's kind of like list, lifted off my shoulders right now Yeah, no, it feels so good just to kind of like let it all out there. So um, I hope this was very healing for you. And I just know as you continue to get messages after this too, you're going to feel even more so. So I'm just so proud of you for not canceling and doing this. And you'll have to keep us posted. Good luck. Thank you. And we'll chat soon. All right. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.